What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. It is May 1st, 2020. I am in my new apartment. I moved, yes, that is right, after four years of living on the hill, what I like to call it, living in Murray Hill, Manhattan. I officially live in Brooklyn for the first time in my life and I am so excited. I moved during coronavirus, which was pretty crazy, but actually the easiest move I ever made because my movers were great, very professional. Everyone had masks, gloves. Um, getting from Murray Hill, Manhattan to Brooklyn, there was no traffic. I live in the a most amazing luxury building that I've ever lived in in my life. I feel like I am. Uh, I live in a hotel. Like I really feel like I live in a five-star hotel. I'm on the 52nd floor. It's so exciting. I'm so grateful. And a lot of you have been reaching out to me and saying, hey, Brandon, I know you talk about life. I know you talk about relationships, but tell me about money. Because when I talk about my past, there were a lot of difficult things that I've had to overcome. But one of the things that I've really been blessed with my whole life that my parents modeled really well, that my grandparents modeled really well was success with business. And that's something that I love talking about. I've been so grateful to be able to really almost double the amount of clients and income that I've had through the COVID crisis that's happening in the world. And so I want to talk to you about this too. I have Today I have three questions that were submitted to me or my team from listeners of the podcast. So by the way, we're always open for questions. We like to do Q&A episodes. If you haven't already, or even if you have, please continue to send your questions to info at brendanhburns.com. You can also always send a DM to the Brendan Burns Show Instagram account. Me and my team are constantly checking those. We love hearing from you. And so we have three questions today. And but the topic of this episode today is how to deal with money stress and not being where you thought you would be in life by now. We're also going to I'm going to layer on top of that dealing with money stress, dealing with anxiety during coronavirus because it's even more paralyzing sometimes to say, how am I going to make money? How am I going to get to where I want to be in life when I can't go outside? or I can't network or go to networking events, or I can't really get a new job because everything's kind of frozen right now. And so we're gonna break these down. We got three incredible questions from awesome guests. So let's go ahead and get into it. The first question is from a woman named Janet, and Janet asks, how do I deal with anxiety during this lockdown? 
Now this question isn't directly related to money as compared to the next two, but it's very relevant because if you're wanting more success in business, more money, more income, more growth with your career, getting rid of your anxiety is a crucial part of that process. And so I'm just gonna talk about three things that I've personally done to deal with my own anxiety during this lockdown. Because when this thing first started, obviously a lot of networking opportunities fell by the wayside. A lot of people were saying, hey, I'd love to do business with you, Brendan. I'd love to hire you for coaching, but now's not the right time. I can't be doing anything with discretionary spending at the moment. And so I've had to do these three things, which have really, really helped me a lot. The first one I call releasing. Now, releasing is essentially a way to take your anxiety, which is physically in our bodies, and yank it out, or breathe it out, or release it, or let it go. Now, there are many different ways to do this, but the best way that I've found to do it is by asking myself a series of questions. The first thing that I ask myself is, what is the emotion that is currently in my body right now? Take a deep breath and you say, is it fear? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it guilt? It's typically one of those emotions. And you identify, what is my now emotion? Fear, anger, guilt, lust, pride, insecurity, whatever it is. And then you go another layer deeper and I'll ask myself, and typically when I'm doing this, it's fear. Occasionally it'll be anger, but for the most part, it'll be fear. And then I'll ask myself, now where is this fear coming from? Is it coming from a desire to obtain approval? Or is it coming from a wanting to be in control? And again, for me, it's control typically, but it can be anything for you. So just let the process unfold. And then you say, okay, now what would it take for me to release that wanting to be in control? And I just take a deep breath. And I just literally blow it out. And I'll set a timer and I'll do that for five minutes every morning at least, but then also usually one to two more times in the afternoon and evening. And so that releasing technique of what's my now feeling is that now feeling coming from a place of control or from a place of wanting approval? And then just asking myself, am I okay? What would it be like to release that wanting for approval or wanting for control? And then a long physical exhale, physically taking these emotions and this anxiety and this fear and this stress, which resides in our body, it's in our neck, it's in our stomach, it's in our body and just blowing it out and kind of visualizing, releasing it out of your body and just pushing that energy out. And then on your next inhale, taking in the lightness, the freedom, the peace, kind of whatever the opposite of anxiety is for you. It's kind of like dumping unpurified water out of your body and replacing it with clean water. <laughs> and that's not the best analogy, but you know what I'm getting at. So how do I deal with anxiety during this lockdown? Releasing every day, minimum in the morning, usually another two times throughout the day, five minutes each. 
The other ways that I'm dealing with anxiety, number two is meditating. So it's actually quite similar to what I'm doing with releasing is doing my meditations. But I have separate meditation music. I have a series of different meditation songs that I listen to, that I use for my own personal meditations. And anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed, typically it's when I'm working and I need to take a step away from work or when my body is very physically tired and I need to give it some rest. It's easy if I get tired during the day to just throw on the meditation music and go relax. The last way that I'm dealing with anxiety during this lockdown is remembering one of my favorite, favorite quotes that I heard from my good friend Matt Dobschutz, on, who's on, uh, he hosts Porn Free Radio. He's been on my show a bunch of times and vice versa. And I heard this from him. He said once, and he says this more than once now, but he said, and I heard this, and it just stood out to me so much, the opposite of addiction is connection. And that helped me a ton when I was overcoming my compulsive behaviors with drinking and food and excessive money spending and all the things that I've worked through. And it's so true. The opposite of addiction is connection. Connection to other safe, supportive, unconditionally loving people. And we're not talking about addiction right now. We're talking about anxiety. But I truly, truly believe that it's the same exact thing. I have found so much positivity and success in releasing my anxiety during this coronavirus lockdown by connecting with other humans. And I know it sounds crazy. I'm not allowed to go outside, really. I'm here in Brooklyn, in New York City. It's the pretty much epicenter of deaths and cases of coronavirus in the world. But I've been using phone, I've been using FaceTime, I've been using Zoom, and all of these outlets has actually brought me more connection now than I had before this whole thing started. I have identified a handful of incredible people who are supportive, who want to contribute and help me, they want to listen, and by the way, I do the same back for them. It's not a one-way street. But these people that I've been connected to have helped me release so much of the anxiety that I personally have felt from going through this situation, dealing with all my trips getting canceled, fear about illness, sadness about what's going on in the world. And I've been able to process these emotions and connect with incredible people. Because at the end of the day, you have a choice. Most people don't realize this. They just kind of act from an unconscious place. They say, they don't even say, they're just feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling anxiety, they're feeling emotional pain, and they have systems in place to process those emotions. Those systems are typically indulging in overeating, playing hours of video games, uh, getting lost on the internet, using social media, drinking, drugs, smoking, whatever it is. <clears throat> what I'm here to help you is to find new tools to deal with anxiety. You have a choice to say, all right, I feel all this anxiety. I'm going to call up a safe, supportive person who can help me through this. 
And one of the biggest things that I coach people on is so many people, they hide their anxiety because they feel like to share it with someone would be this big burden and this big, oh, I don't want to bring people down. I don't want to bother people with my issues or what's going on. That seems selfish or unfair. And what I do is I launch into a very passionate diatribe, which is that if you look at our core needs as human beings, one of them is called contribution or supporting and giving back. And not everyone is totally motivated by contribution, but many, many, many people are. And so your goal is to go find your safe, loving, supportive people who are driven and find so much happiness out of contributing and supporting others. And you can go to them with your anxiety and and obviously make sure that you're supporting them and contributing back to them. But I can't tell you how many people I've personally coached through anxiety, addiction, pain. And I said, what are you doing in that moment when you feel the most overwhelmed? They say, oh, well, that's when I go to food or when I go to alcohol or when I go to whatever. And I said, what if you called your mom or what if you called your best friend or what if you called this person? And they say, oh, no, I can't. I can't bother them with this. Or, I, you know, I don't want to be an inconvenience. And it's just couldn't be further from the truth because you're actually letting that person down. You're 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 holding you're withholding an opportunity for them to feel fulfillment in life by supporting you. And I cannot emphasize that enough, how passionate some people are about being there for you. And so I want you to practice letting that in. I want you to practice the releasing technique that I mentioned, the meditation that I mentioned. And I really encourage you and I challenge you to call one person and just get on the phone with them and open up about what's going on in life. Because you will get that same good feeling from doing any other behavior just by talking to a safe, supportive person and processing whatever's going on for you. So that is how I'm personally dealing with anxiety during the coronavirus lockdown. Now, my next question comes from Adam in New York. Adam from Queens, New York, and he asks, How do I deal with aging parents in poor health? And how do I deal with the anxiety that I'm feeling specifically about the future? There are milestones in my life that I thought I would hit by now that I haven't. I'm also dealing with the anxiety of economic uncertainty, specifically around social security and retirement. And I'm also dealing with wanting to overcome procrastination. Now, these are all excellent questions and dealing with them one by one is probably the best method here. So let's start with how do I deal with aging parents in poor health? Now, that is a really tough one that I personally have not had experience with yet, thankfully. And what I would say is I would take a two pronged approach where you do everything you can as their son to be loving and supportive and there for them the way that they have been there for you your whole life. Uh, But on the other hand, maintaining a really healthy boundary between the two 
and understanding the difference between caring and caretaking. One of the biggest things that I've learned personally over the past year or two is that there is a huge, huge difference between caring for someone and being their caretaker. And this is the biggest trap that you want to avoid. If your parents are in poor health, if they're aging, if they're dealing with things in their life, there's nothing better than loving them and supporting them and doing what you can to help them out, while at the same time remembering that you have a relationship with yourself that constantly needs to be a priority. You have a relationship with your significant other. If you're in a relationship, that is a priority. And you have a job and you have a home and you have all of these things in your life. And so it's really important that you make sure that you're doing everything you can to be supportive and there for your parents, while at the same time making sure that you're not sacrificing yourself, being a martyr, or missing out on the necessary requirements of taking care of you. And so to do that, you might find guilt coming up, the emotion of guilt. And so this actually comes back to the releasing exercise that I talked about earlier in this episode, and what I would encourage you to do is to really practice releasing in two areas. Number one, any guilt that comes up. And number two, any sadness that comes up as well. A lot of times when people come to me with these types of situations asking for advice, they're so focused externally. And that's great. I want you to love your parents. I want you to be considering them and taking care of them and doing everything you can to care for them without caretaking them. But the biggest mistake I see people make is they forget about what's going on inside of them and how their feelings are relating to the situation at large. So are you dealing with sadness or even some kind of depression because of what's going on with your parents? Are you feeling angry or resentful because maybe you feel like they're demanding too much of you and it's unsustainable and it's not allowing you to live your own life? So there could be anger, there could be guilt, there could be fear of something happening to them, of them passing. There could be sadness about their poor health. And so I want you to, of course, make sure that you're there for them in every reasonable way that you can be. And at the same time, don't lose yourself in the process. It's just like a relationship. You can't lose yourself and your experience of what's happening. As their son, you have feelings that are coming up as well. So in addition to loving them, don't forget to love and take care of your experience of this situation. All right, anxiety, let's go to the next part of his question. How do I deal with anxiety specifically about the future? Milestones I thought I would hit by now that I haven't. So here's the first thing. Well, uh, let's, let's take this back to a quote that I really like. Now this is a quote from a Chinese philosopher named Lao Tzu. And he once said, and I, I'm gonna completely butcher this, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, it was along the lines of, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the now. And so it's just kind of ironic that Adam, your question here, it's saying, I, how do I deal with anxiety specifically about the future? Well, the answer is to take yourself out of the future and back into the now. 
One of my favorite books of all time, one of my favorite authors and spiritual teachers of all time is a guy named Eckhart Tolle. He wrote The Power of Now, A New Earth, Practicing the Power of Now. And he talks at length. I mean, he wrote an entire book about stop being in the future and, or, or in the past and start being in the now. And so my biggest, biggest, biggest piece of advice for you, Adam, is in order to ditch the anxiety specifically about the future is to stop thinking about it so much. There's a great Mark Twain quote, which again, I don't remember exactly, but it's something along the lines of, you know, 99% of the things I worried about never actually happened. And so, yes, it's important to be fiscally, financially responsible and planning for your future and thinking about these things at times. But the majority of your anxieties about the future, the, uh, the majority of the things that you worry about will never happen. You will not be homeless if you have, you know, People, they, they think, they, they wake up at three in the morning with this anxiety and they say, oh, you know, oh man, I'm, I'm probably going to get fired tomorrow. And then, you know, if I get fired, then I'm going to run out of money. And, you know, my three years of life savings, I'll, I'll just burn through that. And then once I burn through that, you know, I'm not going to be able to ever get another job again. And so I'll probably just be on the streets. And then when I'm on the streets, I'm not going to be able to go to a soup kitchen. So I won't have any food. And then I'm just going to die. <laughs> and it's like... The fear is so disconnected from the reality. And so step number one is if you have anxiety about the future or around economic uncertainty, the first thing is to get realistic and practical about what is that anxiety specifically. Like, why are you anxious? What is the specific thing that you're so worried about? And actually bring that to the forefront and ask yourself, is this a real concern? Or is this your mind wandering into the future? Because that's how we are programmed as human beings. Our brains do not serve us well. They evolved 100,000 years ago to protect us from saber-toothed tigers and from dying and running out of blueberries in the forest. And these things just are not issues anymore for 99% of the world. And so what you need to do and I don't want to minimize the reality that there are people out there absolutely who are homeless, who don't know where their next meal is coming from. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people who worry when they don't really need to be worried. And so what you need to do in that instance is watch the thoughts that are going through your mind because that's how you get present. Remember, Lao Tzu, Eckhart Tolle, these people are saying, if you're depressed, you're in the past. If you're anxious, you're in the future. You're at peace when you're in the now. And to know if you're in the now or not, and to get in the now, is to go from being in your mind and being in your thoughts to being in your body, physically in your body. If I'm in my mind and I'm thinking a lot of thoughts, I'm going to be saying, oh man, you know, uh, what's going to happen with that new client I talked to? You know, you think they're going to renew? You know, she said this comment and really it freaked me out. And now, you know, I don't know if she's going to renew for next month. And if she doesn't renew, then my income's going to go down. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's a mind stream. That's a mind pattern. Versus, I'm going to go for a walk in nature right now with my dog and totally clear my head. This is a saying that we have and get into my physical body 
and then I'm gonna show up for that client call, playful out, serve her as best as I can, and then let her make that decision if she wants to renew or not, knowing that if she doesn't, I'm gonna go get another client because I'm in my body and in my heart and I trust that I can get someone else to pay for my services. You see the difference? So if you are having, it's, it's funny, like I have anxiety about the future, it's almost like you're saying it twice because just saying I have anxiety, I already know you're in the future. And so good for you for reaching out and for asking for support by submitting your question to me in this podcast. And I want you to really pay attention to the thoughts that run through your mind. And I want you to practice watching your mind's thought patterns as a watcher and seeing if you can watch those and, and pattern interrupt and stop those thoughts and just say, no, I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna be in my body. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be present. I trust that I will be able to handle it. And that will help you with economic uncertainty because social security, I don't know how old you are, Adam, but social security, I mean, that's, you're talking about 65 years and older in retirement. Of course, it's great to plan for retirement, but you're probably, I mean, the average listener of my show is in their 30s or 40s. So you're probably 20 to 30 years away from that happening. So I would question, I would push back on why you're worrying about that, why you're thinking about that right now, and how could you be more present to what's going on for you in this moment? Man, this is, <laughs> this is like five questions in one. Just Give me a second here. I'm going to have a little of my Trader Joe's pomegranate tea, which is not very good, by the way. If you could tell, I'm not a paid sponsor. All right. Um, there are mile milestones that I thought I would have hit by now that I haven't hit. Yes, that is a common one. Most people, when they grow up, they think that when they're 40, they're going to be a big corporate executive, that they're going to be married, that they're going to have children, that they're going to have the white picket fence. And that's just not always the case. And so typically what I would encourage you to do is to go and look at the desire for approval. One of the things that I realize that I see in my clients and in people that I work with is that when they want something that they don't currently have, they put a lot of undue pressure on themselves to get those things because they're afraid that if they don't have those things, they either won't be happy or they won't be loved and accepted and they won't feel good enough in the eyes of other people. So I really, really, really want to encourage you to ask yourself, these milestones that you thought you would hit by now, how much of your kind of self-induced pressure to hit these milestones are coming from a place of feeling like you're not enough, you're not complete, or that you won't get the love or acceptance of other people if you don't hit those milestones. And so that's one thing I really encourage you to do. The other thing is people try to hit certain milestones in life because they have a broken blueprint around why they think they need these things. So for example, Someone will come to me, a woman will come to me, 35 years old, single, New York City. Brandon, I, you know, I need to hire you right now, be my relationship coach, I wanna get married and have kids, and I need to do it as soon as possible. 
I'm never gonna question those things. I'm going to help my clients achieve those goals. But I always ask, why are these milestones important to you? And the woman says, well, I really wanna get married and I wanna have children because I know that once I have children, my children will love me forever and I'll always have their love. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I've coached a lot of people who are completely no contact with their parents and in extreme cases of being severely abused or addicted parents, things like that. But the point is, this woman's blueprint for her milestone was, I must achieve this milestone because once I do, then I will have love. And that's a broken blueprint because if you want love, you can have love now. If you want children, you can have children too and I can help you get there. But so many people are so either depressed or anxious or not content with themselves. They don't accept themselves as they are because they feel like there are these huge things missing and that they're not good enough yet because they don't have them. And only once they have these things will they then be able to accept themselves as they are and love themselves and be good enough. And by the way, if you don't think you're good enough, you don't think other people are good enough and you treat people poorly as a result without even realizing it most of the time. So Adam, these milestones that you thought you would hit by now that you haven't hit, I want you to really ask yourself, do you want these because you want them or do you want these because you think that once you hit them, then you'll be accepted by other people more and that you'll have a higher self-esteem? Because if the latter, we can work on your self-esteem now without you having to go do those things and it can be a much quicker, faster process, which by the way, once you have that higher self-esteem, then you're gonna hit those milestones ironically. It's so backward, it, like the whole thing is so interesting and ironic. Now, if you do wanna hit those milestones and you haven't hit them yet, and you also, I'm just gonna kind of fold this in with your last question because you have so many good things going on and I wanna to try to tackle these all at once. If you wanna hit the milestones and you wanna overcome procrastination, that's its own animal, that's its own conversation. And I've talked about that before. I talked about that in uh, one of my recent podcasts. I think it was two episodes ago or, uh, yeah, it was two episodes ago. So you can go check that out. But I'm just really like, we can talk about, you know, to-do lists and goal setting and productivity. And I, I mean, I truly believe that overcoming procrastination starts with your physical body, your mindset, getting enough sleep, water, eating healthy, good energy, get, and staying hungry and surrounding yourself by strong, hardworking people. That's just in a nutshell. But I'm more, what stands out to me more is when you say the milestones I thought I would hit by now that I haven't, what I would really encourage you to do is say, give yourself permission that it's okay that you haven't hit those yet and say, I'm going to not look backwards. I'm, I'm going to not beat myself up. I'm going to lay out these milestones and I'm going to tackle them, making sure that they're connected with my why. And these are milestones that are important for me that will empower me. And these are things that I want to do and I'm going to go out and I'm going to go do them. So those are, those are some great questions you had there. My last question comes from a Canadian. I love Canada and it, she's actually from Montreal, which is really funny because, the, well, that's not true. I've been to Canada twice, but the first time I went to Canada, I went to Montreal. Went on a road trip with my friend Dave and Eddie when I was in law school. 
at Cornell. And we drove from Ithaca to Montreal. It was like a seven-hour drive. It was, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Anyway, I digress. So we have Maria from Montreal, Canada with her question. Hi, Brendan. About achieving work-life balance while meeting financial goals. In the past, I have made good money by having a full-time job and freelancing on the side. But now, I am about to have a baby and doing that won't be possible anymore. Congratulations, by the way. That's very exciting. It's very hard to get a raise in the corporate world and the amount of income tax is insane. So a full-time job has never been... I'm just highlighting some stuff here. It's very hard to get a raise in corporate world and the amount of income tax is insane. So a full-time job has never given me the amount of money I want to bring home every month. How achievable is it to build a business that brings you $5,000 per month in revenue that still lets you travel and be with your family? All right, I'm going to answer two questions here. Number one, I'm going to answer the question about it's very hard to get a raise in the corporate world because I think that's totally wrong and completely incorrect. Um, it might be, I mean, it depends on how you define hard, but just using that language, Maria, already sets you back and prevents you from making that happen. I'm personally of the belief that you can make a lot of money in the corporate world and it's not that hard. And I also think that you can make a lot of money with your own business. So I'm going to primarily tackle the question of how can you make $5,000 per month in revenue and have that lifestyle business and freedom because that's my jam. When I was in law school, I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss and I said, this is my life. This is what I want. I'm going to build it. I'm going to create it. And I have. And I make a lot more than $5,000 per month. I'm very grateful for that. I have people on my team who make that much. So... What I need to do is first dispel this limiting belief you have around it's very hard to get a raise in the corporate world. And then, we'll, and then I'll answer your real question about really how achievable is it to build a business that brings you 5K per month in revenue and lets you travel and be with your family. So just quickly, it, you know, when you say things like that, I want you guys to pay attention to your language. If you say it's very hard to get a raise in the corporate world, it will be very hard because you're training your mind to think that it's hard. Or maybe you've had a lot of stagnation. You've been in the corporate world for a long time and you haven't been able to make a lot of money. That means you need to do something different. I am a coach and people come to me with these problems and I help them overcome them. I don't know if every coach is successful in helping their clients do this, but I am. And I have to attack their belief system. I have to attack sometimes their feminine energy and say, look, your feminine is great for your relationships, but you need to step into your core and your power and your strength. And we need to help you overcome your nice guy syndrome or your limiting beliefs so you can make this happen. I know this firsthand because my first job out of school, I was working in investment banking, making over 200K. And I'm not saying that to brag. I don't say these things because I want your approval or I need to feel special. I say these things because there are a lot of people out there who don't have credibility. And I know that when people I listen to share real statistics and real information, it helps me build more trust in them and know, okay, wow, this person actually did it. So I, I, my ears are going to perk up a little bit more. So Maria, it's not very hard to get a raise in the corporate world if you do the things that me and my clients have done. And so 
I just want you to dispel that limiting belief. It's hard in the sense of, yes, there's hard work involved, but it's not impossible and it's very, very doable. So, you know, that's number one. But number two is it sounds like you don't even want to be in corporate America. So that's and I totally, totally understand that because I didn't either. I told I completely tapped out of that. It's 2020 now. I started my own business in 2017. I could never have a boss again. I could never have that lifestyle where I'm chained to a desk again. And anyway, how achievable is it to build a business that brings you 5K per month in revenue that still lets you travel and be with your family? I mean, that's like saying how achievable is it to lose 70 pounds or 50 pounds and keep it off and be happy and eat healthy foods, right? Like one of the funniest things that I noticed, and and by the way, I'm an online course seller, so I I, I think my courses are very valuable and I definitely, I'm actually in the process of making a new flagship course. Uh, It doesn't even have a name yet, but it's going to essentially be teaching people to how to create their own lifestyle coaching business that they can run from anywhere in the world. And my point that I want to make is that these things are all 100% doable. And it's funny because I used to ask the same exact questions, like how achievable is it to do this? And I had a friend when I was working in finance and I knew I wanted out. And I used to ask him, hey, Sunil, I see you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year with your SEO business, your online business. Can I do this? And I constantly was asking him over and over again, not how to do this, but can I do this? And he kept telling me yes. And so on some level that was helpful. And Maria, how achievable is it? Can you do it? Yes, it is achievable. You can do it. But the question shouldn't be how achievable or can I do this? Because you can. Anyone can do it. The question is, will you? And really, how can you do this? And so that's where I would focus your efforts because at the end of the day, when I think about my own business of starting and growing my own lifestyle business, that I have no boss, I can run it from anywhere in the world, making all this money doing this, it was never how achievable is it? Can I do this? Am I capable? When I, I did ask those questions early on and I, it was important to surround myself with people who were already doing it who told me, yes, it is achievable, you can do it, Brendan, you are capable. But now that you have that permission from me and you know that it is achievable and you can do it, it's now you need to start asking, not can I do it, but how do I do it? And make that transitional change in your language and in the questions you ask. Because the life that you get is directly correlated to the questions that you ask yourself. If you constantly ask yourself, why is my day job so bad? you know, you're not going to be happy. But if you constantly ask yourself, how can I create the passionate lifestyle business of my dreams? If you're constantly asking yourself, not can I do this or this, you know, something like that. But if you're constantly asking yourself, how do I go make this new thing happen? And you ask yourself that all day long and you ask people like me that all day long, it's going to happen for you. So all you need to do is get really clear on exactly what your skill set is from your full-time job, from your freelancing. I'm curious how much money you've made freelancing on the side, where you've gotten clients, what you sell, could you offer bigger packages, change your programs, reconnect with past clients, build out a team, get someone who can help you, and then you're off to the races. So of course you can do this, it's completely achievable, but 
any business owner or freelancer knows that there are bumps in the road and growing pains as you go. So it will be a journey, it will be a process, it will require continued effort and motivation and sales and development. And I deal with this personally myself. I've been able to make it better by surrounding myself with incredibly successful people also. I've made it better by, and by the way, if you if you say, oh, I don't know anyone like that or how do I get access to that, go listen to my podcast that I did with Jack Canfield. It's episode 55, it's in the 50s. He's got tons of great advice on that. But it came down to me to surrounding myself with successful people, building up a strong work ethic, not taking no for an answer, Obviously, if some if a client says no or in a sales situation, but not taking failure as an answer and just persevering, never giving up, continuing to do the work and just saying, all right, you're, you want to get to 5K a month, set goals, 1K a month, 2K, 2,500, 4, 5, and just slowly or quickly, whatever works for you, just work your way towards that. The best thing that I do, again, this is going to be all modeled out in my new coaching course that I'm currently making. It'll probably come out in a few months, is I say calculate your freedom metric. So it sounds like your freedom metric, Maria, is $5,000 per month. Now, if you were going to be being a coach, for example, I don't know what you do for freelancing, but if I'm working with a client of mine who wants to scale a coaching business, I'll say, all right, $5,000 per month, that's five $1,000 a month clients or 10 $500 a month clients. I would say go get five clients that you coach once a week and charge them a thousand per month. So really all you have to do is have five clients. You're at zero, put a piece of paper above your desk and have it as a tally and say he's currently zero out of five. And then do what you need to do to learn how to be a good coach and to do the trainings and then to go get the clients. I'm crazily oversimplifying here, but my point is, How achievable is it to do it? It's completely achievable. I'm giving you permission right now, and what I want you to do is stop asking yourself, how achievable is it? Because you now know it's achievable, and just take out that word achievable and say, how can I build my business? So the next time I get an email from you, if I do, I would want to say, hi, Brendan. I am currently a, uh, we'll just stick with the coaching as an example. I currently work as a consultant in corporate America, and I hate my job. Um, and I want to get, I want to have my own coaching business. Um, I, my freedom metric is $5,000 per month. And so I'm on a mission to go get five new clients. What have been the most successful ways you've been able to obtain clients? You see how that different question is going to give you a different result than the question that you originally asked me. I'm not beating you up at all here. It's uh, so, I'm so, um, it's so great to see you asking this type of question and thinking about things the right way. But I want you to start to ask new questions, which will help you get closer to achieving your goals. Guys, these are so such good questions. How to deal with anxiety during the lockdown, how to deal with aging parents and poor health, anxiety about the future, economic uncertainty, overcoming procrastination, how to achieve, uh, how achievable is it to build a 5K a month passion business? These are some really, really, really good questions. And I had a lot of fun with this episode. I hope you did too. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to my show, The Brendan Burns Show, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave me a written review if you haven't already. Um, we'll talk more about that in the end notes and outro here. And uh, most importantly, I want you to all stay safe, stay healthy, 
and I hope you are doing the best you can with the coronavirus situation. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Lastly, if you're looking to take your personal life, business, or career to the next level and you want access to me as well as my community of like-minded people, head over to courses.brendanhburns.com and join us in Mastery Academy, my membership site that comes with online course content as well as live coaching calls every two weeks hosted by me personally. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.